This is the Jesus and Food Podcast. It would mean a lot to us if you would subscribe to this podcast, give it a certain number of stars, and maybe write a review so we can get the podcast out there a little bit more. So Lindsay didn't get to be on this interview, so you're basically going to be hearing me and David Dunn talk the whole time. But I know, Lindsay, you have some thoughts you want to share about David Dunn, so would you please share those? Yeah, sure. Okay, so the guy is like, I've I've never talked to the guy or met the guy, but he just looks so cool. Um, his hair is cool. His tattoos are cool. Just his his vibe is cool. His beard is cool. And I actually, you know, like up until a few years ago, he was a single guy. And I have this friend who's a single gal. And I told my friend, I'm like, you should really try to connect with David Dunn. <laughs> Even though you knew nothing about him. Yeah, I, I mean, I just, he's a Christian artist. I mean, how bad can he be, really? So I was thinking, <laughs> you should like totally, oh, wow. you know, go after this dude. Well, God bless him. Now he's married. Yeah. Um, he has a kid. And I think another kid on the way. Another one on the way. Yep. So anyway, bless all of that. And um, I just think he's a cool guy. And I'm looking forward to hearing your guys' conversation. I wonder if there's a vibe about him. Because literally, I heard the song on the radio starting now. Starting now. And I just, there was something about um, hearing the way that he articulates these lyrics, obviously great voice, great music production, but there was just something that I could hear in the song thinking, there is a lot behind this guy. He's not like just somebody randomly writing, you know, words. And the, the places that this conversation went are just incredible. David Dunn, he's our guest today on the Jesus and Food podcast. You get on the phone with a Christian music artist, you think you're going to talk about where the songs came from, right? I had no idea he was going to say that that song, Starting Now, I'm Going to Trust When I Have Doubt, came from the idea of governmental fake news. And sometimes we just don't know who to trust when it comes to the news. And that idea of doubt when it comes to your faith is a huge subject that emerges throughout this conversation. would highly encourage you to check out his new album called Perspectives from David Dunn. Hello, David Dunn. <laughs> hey, John. <laughs> What's going on? We're laughing because we've, this is like the fourth time we've tried to get this going usually we do these things by phone but actually i like this a lot better because we get to see you so yeah yeah man welcome to 2020 uh, yeah absolutely thanks for being with us so you are in uh nashville tennessee we got it clarified so you're originally from texas uh now living in nashville right true all true very cool so um well we love your song starting now we've we've heard some of your music before but it's one of our favorite songs uh, on WBGL right now, I think lyrically it's really connecting, and we just really appreciate the the message that you're putting out there. And uh, we'll get to talk about that here in just a little bit. But before we do, uh, maybe some of our listeners, viewers, first time kind of getting to know you. Uh, so just tell us a little bit about yourself and um, and what what you do when you're not sitting here on Skype or whatever this thing is. Um, yeah. Well, I'm David Dunn. Originally from Texas, as you said before, live in Nashville now. I've got a, um, a wife, her name is Lean, and um, a two-year-old boy, he'll be two in May actually. His name is Rhodes, and we will have baby number two, boy, coming in the end of May as well. And his All right. Name, his name is Rocket. Awesome. Wow. So, well, and I don't know, um, I'm, 
I don't know where you're going with this. I'd love to hear your interpretation of naming a kid Rocket because I think you're the first person I've ever talked to that did that. Now, if I named a kid Rocket, it would probably be, be because of my massive fandom of Elton John and the song Rocket Man. But where were you coming Rocket from? Rocket Man! <laughs> um, uh, why do we name him Rocket? Let me think if I can even remember. Oh, I think it's because... You're um, from Texas and you like the Houston Rockets. Yeah. <laughs> Love those Houston Rockets. James Harden, fear the beard. Um, no, I think I think it, it literally was like a, uh, my name is David, which is like the most stereotypical Caucasian, actually it's any American boy name in the world or Jewish. Right. And um, my wife's name is Kathleen. And so I think I think why we picked Rocket really is because um, it's not stereotypical. Okay, we're, we're trying to give him a lease up on life so that he'll have a name that people can remember, as opposed but, to the name that everybody else has. That's very good. But you will be playing Rocket Man for him very early in his life. Oh, you know it. Okay. I've already I've already been practicing. I have a big crush on your headphones. I don't know if you want to give us a, a, a plug real quick. What are what are the make and model of those things? These are the uh, these are the AKG Q seven O ones. Excellent. And these are these are my mixing headphones. So okay. I uh, you got a you got a set? Well, I I got I was just you said AKG. These are the AKG, but they're not. It's only just the little the little K fifty twos. So but similar shape, but yeah, you don't have the green, bro. <laughs> You're right. I actually um, use these mostly for like studio stuff to go back and forth between. Like I'm sitting in my studio right now. Most of it's behind the camera, but um, you know you've got you've got monitors which are giant speakers, and then headphones, and and the mix between these two. So that's why these are razzle dazzle. Is very is cool. I use them to mix. So with. Uh, maybe technical question that some people would never know, like behind the music type question, but. Um, Guy like you who writes songs, sings songs, I mean, are you having to make your own music too and produce it, or you got people that do that, or it sounds like you're pretty involved? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> this record, uh, Perspectives, that just released, um, I I co-produced... How many songs did I co-produce on that one? I don't know, man. I think eight of the 11. Okay. Eight of or, or, or seven of the 11, something like that. Um so I'm pretty heavily involved in the technical aspect. Um, but I haven't ever done one of my own songs all the way through by myself. Maybe oh, wow. next project. Okay. The thing is, is, is here's what I think I've learned, is I'm, I'm a whole lot more proficient at producing other people's stuff because I'm, I'm less biased about things being good or bad. And I don't know, I think this is a little atypical for artists, but I tend to like... You know, I write a song and I immediately I'm like, oh my gosh, it's the best song I've ever heard in my life. You know, it doesn't yeah. matter if it's garbage or not. And uh, and so I, I rely pretty heavily on, on other people's ingenuity and, and even even choosing songs, which ones um, should go on, on projects. I rely pretty heavily on other people. So maybe at some point, probably the next project I put out in a couple of years, I'll, I'll produce a big chunk of it um, solo. Um, but currently I don't really trust myself to do my own stuff <laughs> without another critical eye over the top of it. Yeah, very cool. Well, um, I think one of the subjects we wanted to talk to you today is about the idea of faith and doubt, which is a conversation that is, on one hand, it's kind of 
you know, well-worn. There's a lot of people that have had discussions about that and shared about their doubt. On the other hand, it's also something that seems like nobody talks about, at least from my perspective. It seems like a lot of uh, people that have doubt like to talk to each other, but a lot of times you don't get the interaction of people who may experience doubt within their faith journey and then interacting with people who are being like, doubt? What do you mean? There's no doubt in this thing. It's it's Easter week. We know how this works, and we know what we're celebrating this Sunday and stuff like that. So, um, so your song starting now that is just so incredible, you know, references doubt, um, kind of references it throughout, but especially in the in the chorus where it just says, you know, starting now, I'm going to trust when I have doubt. You mentioned, you know, learning to let go, and um, I was just wondering um, what you'd be willing to tell us about what doubt and faith mean to you. Yeah. Um, Man, this is going to be a windy explanation, so hold on to your hats. All right. Um, The song came about because of fake news and my frustration with not being able to tell what was happening in Washington. You know, there there would be multiple news sources that ingest the same facts and then um, the narrative that they relayed after ingesting the same fact would be, or facts, would be polar opposite from each other. Completely polar opposite. So this thing would happen and this company would go, oof, this is what's occurring. And then right. this other one would go, oh, no, no, this is what's occurring. And they were literally polar opposite. So my frustration with going, I have no idea what's actually happening. And so that extended uh, to, to my relationship with the Lord. So that's what got me thinking about it was our current political climate. And then it extended to, to, to the Bible for me is, is I started kind of brewing on this exact same notion happening with champions of theology, right? There'll be two dudes who will read the exact same passage in scripture and, mm-hmm. and they will ingest and then interpret and come up with polar opposite conclusions. Yes. Uh, like a radical example is John Piper and Rob Bell. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's Two sure. champions one, of theology. One tells the other to go away because they're not uh, not at all on the same page about what this book. Not like. on the same page, even remotely. Um, and so here's really what I came to um, is is I want to be a truth seeker. The truth is there. The Bible is truth. We know that it's the Word of God. The problem is is that humans have to understand the truth, and we are terrible. At that right we have to ingest I'm talking to you right now and you have to understand my words and my intention by looking and hearing what I'm saying and that is a really hard thing to do um, and, it, and it extends to the Bible as well um, and so I want to be a truth seeker and here's here's where starting now began and, and why doubt I think is important it's because I think the beginning of wisdom, right, in truth-seeking, the first step in becoming wise is in acknowledging that you might not already be right. So if you look at the it's internet... It's a hard thing for a lot of people. It's a hard thing for almost everyone, including me. Because the problem is, if it just spend two seconds on Facebook, right, and, and look in a comment section on any post... And it's full of people who, who are desperate to reinforce the thing they already think to be true. Right? Because nobody wants right. to be wrong, including me. I don't want to be wrong. I would much rather be right than wrong. Um, 
And so I think that extends to, to any area of our life. And so the doubt that happens in starting now and why I'm, I'm putting a positive spin on it is doubt in your own ability to fathom truth is, is questioning whether or not you are correct in, in whatever you are thinking is the first step in seeking truth is going, I'm fallible, I, I may be making mistakes, and I want to be open to the possibility of being wrong so that I can find what the Lord's truth actually is. And that's, that's where starting cool. now goes. Is goes, I don't know. I, like, I literally don't know, and that's all right, right? But, but, but um, uh, Lord, I want to trust in you as you guide me in my in my understanding after i acknowledge that i may not already have the answers hmm. well i'm hearing a lot of kind of uh intellectual stuff in there so i'm thinking you know you started talking about and i think you said even before you uh before you turned the your camera on there you turned your your tv news off so it sounds like you know you're a guy that's into into that uh that kind of thing which you know i want to talk about that in a minute but then also you know the- theological uh, concepts and you know what do we believe about this? What do we believe about that? And then there's there's obviously you know a lot of people talk about their doubt even um, you know to the to the idea of is is there a God or is or is if there's a God is he is he good? Like I was thinking about this song. Um, I don't know if you've heard the song called "Remind Me You're Here" by Jason Gray, but we have it here. Uh, where of it course, says, I know that song. All right, I travel with his son. Kipper you Gray, do. yeah, right? I, I've been traveling for three years. Us two just hitting the road, hardcore. Wow, that's awesome. Um, heard some cool things about him. Uh, but here's where these lyrics say, you know, I'm not going to ask you for reasons because a reason can't wipe away tears. So you got this pain perspective, you know, and he says, I don't need all the answers. Just be here beside me. And then it says, you know, whether the problem that I'm dealing with is random or if it's providence, neither of those things are a comfort to me. So if it just came out of nowhere. Or whether it was something that God put in my life, neither of those answers is a comfort to me. You know, are you cruel if you planned it, or weak if you allowed it to be? You know, half of me is here still believing, the other half is angry and confused. So there you have like a really, you know, I guess emotional response where it sounds like some of your concerns about doubt are a little bit more in the theoretical sense where you're talking about things like fake news and um, you know theological disagreement and things like that. But do you have any of of that from an emotional perspective as well? I mean, I mean, it ex- it extends. So what I do is is I have emotional responses, and then I and then I do ec- intellectual investigations. So so I like I start with emotional, and and those are my signposts of of why are, are you know why do I feel this way? What's the truth behind this feeling? Um, you know, and, and I think like this all started with frustration, really. It was frustration with not knowing, is me being upset with not knowing um, what was, what is, um, and 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 I ex- like it started with fake news, right? With with mm-hmm. with the entire political climate, and and then the frustration spilled over. This is by the way, this is like a this is like a year and a half period. I'm, I'm not. I don't even know if I'm completely finished developing okay. this. Yeah. Um, but it's a year and a half period of me being frustrated because um what do i know right what do i know and and i you said a minute ago um and i get a decent amount of of questions like this on social media but you said a minute ago 
something to the effect of like, how do I even know that there's a God that exists? Mm-hmm. Right. And, and my response now in like the last year and a half is to anybody who sends me that on the internet is you don't, you don't know. And neither do I. That's why they call it faith. And asking the question doesn't make you wrong for it. That's a good question to ask because if you're asking, then you want to find the answer, which is the best place to begin. How do you know that God exists? You don't know. You do not know that God exists. I don't either. I believe that he does. And if you want to get really intellectual with it, that extends to everything that we think we know, right? How do I know that you're on the other side of this camera? I don't really know. I'm trusting that my senses aren't lying to me, that my camera's not malfunctioning. You're trusting that I'm not a robot, too. I'm I trusting think. you're not a robot, a Russian bot. <laughs> there's, there's, there's a gazillion things that we automatically trust as, as, as there being reality. That's too intellectual. But you can go down the chain. Everything that we think we know, we actually just believe it. Science is the busy, bi- biggest offender, right? Is that we don't, we don't trust, we don't believe, we just know. And it's just not true. I have an have a engineering degree from college, and I got preached that pretty much all the way through all of my courses. It's not true. Hmm. We're evaluating the evidence, and then we believe well, and and so yeah, and then you you read in the same book that tells you you know that that there's a God and He is love, and the same book says you know uh, basically the essence of faith is believing in what you can't see and what isn't there, and so you have to take both of those things. Um, so I was going to ask you a little bit about your uh, COVID nineteen life and your are you watching all of the daily. Uh, you know, White House briefing room things because I, I I had the thought I was I was going on a walk here this morning and I was thinking I got really frustrated this morning opening up Twitter and I can't remember whose tweet it was but the, I, I was concentrating on all the the comments below and um, you know it was I think it was based on the president's um, yesterday uh, you know the the whatever they call those things in the afternoon where they give the coronavirus update. And all the experts are there, and I got to thinking to myself, well, if I really wanted to know what's being said by the government, by the experts, at least from the official source, I would watch that and kind of make my own decisions. But instead, I don't watch that. I might maybe you know skim an article for for two minutes, and then I go down all the Twitter things, and then <laughs> find myself getting frustrated about that. So, what is your take on this? You're obviously interested in in politics and government and. Uh, social exchange and all that kind of thing but what what are you uh doing on a personal but also just a intellectual level about the coronavirus things um well i'm actually not watching i am watching the news but in general what i have been watching it's up on the screen that's why i keep looking up right here is it's cnbc so i'm mostly watching business news financial stuff yeah which yeah financial news which mostly is financial but probably 20 30%. 30%. Anytime they do one of those White House briefings, they, they pop it up because the mm. coronavirus is directly linked to the financial market right now. Right. Um, uh, you know, I, I like... Jonathan, I forgot what the initial question was. I lost my train of thought. Uh, what was the initial okay. question? Well, I'm I'm just wondering what your coronavirus life is like. I mean, you got a young family, so you're you're doing that. You're, you're obviously an entrepreneur in the fact that you're an artist and, and you're... 
you know, dates have been canceled and all that kind of thing. Yep. And so just, just what's your coronavirus life like? Yeah, um, it's weird is, is a big part of that, especially because I just released a record, right? And yeah. normally you release a record and then I'd be out on the road for a gazillion dates all in a row. And, uh, you know, everything that I have booked for like the next six months is, is gone. So I'm about to, you know, I'm at the beginning of a six-month period to where I'm going to be home. Um, so it's odd. Um, it's, it's, it's definitely like a, a financial shock, right? Because, um, a big source of, of the entertainment industry is, is live sources or live shows. Right. Um, and, uh, it's been, it's been quite the roller coaster. Um, there are some blessings involved is, is that my, my fam is here and I'm getting to hang out with them a ton and, and, um, um, you know that's been a really fun thing to be a part of, but it has been quite the shock. Um, a lot of sitting in this room, staring at computer screens, um, and, and trying to figure out how we make anything work in in this new environment. So it's been hmm. it's been quite the wild ride. So what is your um, what is your financial interest? I mean, uh, obviously you just said you you know it's a financial shock type thing. Are you always watching CNBC, or is is this is the financial part of this crisis? Why is that the? Mo- oh, uh, I have. I'm like a I'm like a passive CNBC watcher. I would say normally, um, and since all of this has happened, um, I have gotten pretty heavily into day trading. So, so, um, a big portion of, of what I've been doing for like the last three weeks is, is, uh, messing around in the market, um, which is a really good time to do that. Also, I believe, and this doesn't matter at all, but it's just kind of the way that I think about it. Boring stuff that like is, that. It's not boring. It's so well, fun. Well, I was going to say, and, and it would make sense if you'd really gone fun. to school for finance, but you said you went to school for engineering. So this, this conversation just continues to get more interesting by the moment, um, because I think this is the first time that I've talked to any of any of our artists from the radio that just tell us that they have so so much interest in the stock market. Now this is cool. So now the uh, a previous guest that we had on this podcast like a few days ago, uh, a lot of people have been listening to it. Is this guy named Chris Hogan who works with the Dave Ramsey team, and we're asking him, you know, what do you what do we you know four hundred one k's should we be in? Should we be out? All that kind of stuff. So that's like a likely person that you would ask those types of questions to. A financial expert who's trying to bring hope at the same time, and as a Jesus guy. Yeah, what did he say? Well, he he just said to buy low. He said to buy everything you can as the market's low. And this was like a week, week and a half ago. Um, so his whole strategy was, you know, don't don't look at it, stick with it. But I'm curious, and I don't think I've ever asked for investing strategies of of an artist before. But what what is your thought on that? Um, I'm I'm trying to talk myself out of finding the bottom. Yeah. Um, um, but that is what I want to do is find the bottom and then leverage in at the bottom. Um, how, when is the bottom happening? Has it already happened is a big thing that people are talking about in the last two days. Um, and, and where do we go from here? Um, so, you know, my financial advice is to pick companies that are, that have staying power, right? That have that have good debt to capital ratios, um, and they're not going to go out of business in the short term. And by short term, I mean in the next, you know, five hundred days mm-hmm. or so. Um, because I think there's going to be a lot of businesses that are out. Yeah. 
Um, and a lot of them are still doing okay now. I've actually invested in a couple of them on short-term basis. And it's always terrifying because if you go short-term and it doesn't work out, you have to hold companies for forever. Is this boring? It might be boring. You bored by I this? I don't know about anybody else that's watching. I'm very intrigued. Like I said, this conversation just keeps getting more and more interesting for me. So <laughs> Okay, okay. Um, so what I'm trying to do is invest in good companies that I think are on sale because people are panicking. Mm-hmm. So I am, um, it's exactly what I did in 2008, 2009, when, when the markets crashed because of the, you know, fiasco in the real estate market with the, with the, the junk bonds, basically. Um, what did they call that? Sub something crisis. Sub, sub subprime mortgage. Yeah. Yeah. So those, that whole fiasco caused the, you know, it's a different kind of crisis. So it doesn't look the same. You can't really follow the same game plan. Um, but I am, you know, I'm not, I'm not like a, I'm not doing like a, you know, an integral trading or, or, um, you know, uh, not integral. What's it called? Oh God, where you're following patterns. I'm going blank on what kind of trading that is. Mm. Whatever. Okay. I'm basically doing value trading where I'm going, this company has staying power and pre this mess um, was was a good company that's going to be around for a while and it's on a big sale and so I'm going to buy in here. Um, I've been doing a lot of that, uh, mostly in the energy sector. Hmm. Right. Um, I'm from Midland, Texas, yeah. which is like the second biggest oil town in America. And so I know a lot about the energy sector and it's not a great time to be in an energy sector in any form or fashion because oil is at like a historic level. Where are they putting all the extra oil and adjusted. gas right now? That's what my wife asked me the other day. Um, uh, a lot of it is, I mean, OPEC is always levying back, almost always levying back in, you know, the Saudis are, are putting them in these giant you know, storage facilities that have a gazillion barrel capacity. Hmm. Um, uh, Russia's having problems actually putting barrels on the market. And oil has bounced in the last two days, meaning meaning it's gone from like $20 a barrel to, what is it now, 24 It's got to be on a ticker up there somewhere on your TV. It is, but I have to wait for it to come <laughs> back around. It was a 26, 27, somewhere in there. It's, it's really volatile. Um, but... Um, I'm very shocked by mm, that. Yeah, uh, because I, it feels like it should not be. Oil, oil should still be tanking. Demand is next to zero for personal consumption, yeah. right? Because we're all sitting inside, and and production is up higher than it has ever been in the history of humanity mm. currently. So I think it's it's going to get worse. It's going to get better. A bunch of oil companies are going to go out of business in the United States. Russia and Saudi Arabia are going to lose a gazillion dollars. And and depending on whether or not they're colluding to try and knock off oil companies in the United States or not, the shale companies um, will sort of be the telling story. So I'm investing in the energy sector, but very carefully because there there's not a ton of staying power. And, and the companies that do have staying power, like Exxon and Shell and who else? Concho, people like that that'll be around at $20 oil in two years. Um, they're not on super sale. So I've kind of had to gone out of the norms to to figure out where to to get into the energy sector. This is this is interesting. I feel like I'm in a warp. I've been up. I got up very early this morning, but uh, there was I literally never even seen your picture before we booked the interview with you. And it was just it was just from your 
music that we heard. And sometimes, I don't know, it, I get a sense, and maybe other people do, that when you're hearing somebody sing, you're hearing you know, words that they wrote, you've heard music that they put together, you're just like, I want to get to know that person because there's obviously a lot there. You're proving us to be correct on that today. Uh, tell what was your? I can't imagine that many people are going to be interested in my anal- analysts of the so of the stock market. I'm just market trying to analysis. think. What am I going to name this right now? Uh, David Dunn's thoughts on OPEC. David Dunn's what, what? What is David Dunn investing in right now during COVID nineteen? But David Dunn, what you know as opposed to what you, you believe. Go. There you go. Full circle. Um, what was your wife's name again? Her name is Kathleen. Kathleen, but that's she right. goes by David and Kathleen. She goes by Lean. Yep. Okay, okay, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, so how is how is she doing with the uh, the at home thing and the parenting and everything right now? Um, I, mean, I, I think she's okay. Yeah, um, she's very pregnant, <laughs> right. and so she doesn't care for that much. Um, uh, I think you know if last pregnancy was any indication, she was home a lot then too. So I don't know if it's a it's not quite the shock for my wife. I don't think. Okay. My mother in law is, is living here as well. Um, and, uh, my, my wife's brother and wife and, and my niece and nephew all in the, on the same roof, all in the same roof right now. Yeah. It's, um, so at the I beginning of 2020, big house, yeah, it feels very small okay. right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, wow. beginning of 2020, what we had like a, a kind of a family shock. And so everybody, everybody has been huddled since then. <laughs> Hi, big boy. One of them right now, as a matter of fact. Oh, this is a bonus. Look at this. All right. Hi. Can you see me? Can you say hi? Yeah, but he can't hear you. Can you say hi? Hi. Hi. You're going to have a brother rocket pretty soon. I hope he knew that already. Can you say baby rocket? Baby. Yeah. (laughs) This is great. This is great. (laughs) All right. You want to go see mommy? Yeah. Okay, go see mommy. Oh, I love that. That's beautiful. That's Rhodes. Rhodes. Hmm. Oh. Hey, Leaner. Can you come get him real quick? I'm in the middle of an interview. We're winding down. It's okay. Hi. Rhodes. Our son, Rhodes. That one. The one with the really, really sweet eyes. Man. Yep. Wow. Yeah, he's got big baby blues. We're not sure exactly where those came from because neither me or his mom have blue eyes. Wow. How about that? Yep. Well, I think I'm out of questions, um, at least for this interview. Not not in the uh, you know metaphysical big picture sense, but just in the idea that um, <laughs> I think I think this has been a lot of fun chatting, and uh, had no idea where this interview was going to go today. But I'm really glad it did. Um, it took a it took a crazy turn. It's fun for me to talk about this stuff because I'm in a cocoon, right? Is it's just me? So in general, I talk to my brothers about mm-hmm. it. And in general, there's nobody really else to talk about it. So for me, this has been a delight because I'm I'm getting to talk about the things that I think about all day long, every day for the last two weeks. Yeah. Um, thank you for your financial advice and everything else. <laughs> I I would like to say that I am not um, liable for any information given right. on this podcast. Past performance does not predict uh, future something or other. Future earnings, earnings you could say that. Thereof. I will definitely I will definitely be in support of that comment. Uh, would love for you though to, I mean, for those that have made it here to the end with us, uh, God bless you. We appreciate that. And real quick about the new album, just like, um, again, what it's called, how to find it and sort of, I don't know if you would say there has, there's a theme to it or kind of what's behind it for you. 
Yeah, so the, the record's called Perspectives. Um, I'm really proud of this project. Um, the reason it's called Perspectives is because it's almost like a concept record um, of, of sort of the things I've been thinking about for the last two years. Um, things like truth, church, anxiety, um, kindness. It's trying to view these things that we, that we sort of throw out as normal words regularly and, and view them in a different perspective. Um, you know, perspective is sort of the unacknowledged elephant in any room, right? We were talking about understanding one another a minute ago, and, and that holds true for, for every relationship, is, is your perspective directly dictates how you understand people, what you believe, what you think is true, how you engage with the world around you perspective is is like the most powerful thing that nobody acknowledges in in their everyday life mm. um and so the record is attempting to um to challenge in some cases uh typical perspective and and um pose as the lord's potential perspective um, a, a different view on on common things. So wow. that's the record in general. Basically, every song, um, and you can get it wherever you ingest music: Amazon, Spotify. Spotify is what I use. Apple, Pandora. Hmm. Your choice, user's choice. We'll put some links here in the uh, description of this, and I uh, totally, totally, very good thought on that. You know, the idea that perspective is all-encompassing and completely ignored so much all at the same point and can't mm-hmm. wait to hear kind of uh where you take that so david dunn thank you for uh, all your time today this has been incredible it's been fun man Thanks absolutely for me, have a great day see you bro